The design system's purpose really is to enable everybody in the team to work more efficiently. Today's episode, we have a very special guest with us. Let's welcome Louis Raj. Louis is a lead product designer and writes newsletter, and he's a co-host of the Noise Pod, where they interviewed a lot of creative heads across the world, understanding their opinion and points. He also manages 8px Magazine, which is a design publication in Medium. Louis and I had a great conversation on design systems, on what is design systems, and breaking the design systems, and how differentiating it from the other design libraries across, and how one can effectively start building design system. Whether you guys are running a big time company or you guys enter startup model, so a lot of fun conversations have been there in between. At the end of the podcast, Louis shared some of the great resources using which one can build great design systems. So stay tuned and happy designing, everyone. Hey Louis, welcome to Notes of Design. It's pleasure hosting you on our show today. Thank you for having me. I'm really looking forward to this chat. So Louis, if you could give a brief about to our audience. Sure. I'm Louis Oriash. I'm a half Moroccan guy living in London. I'm the lead designer on a product called Upgrade Pack, and we essentially allow high net worth individuals to upgrade their flights and hotels with a discount. It's a pretty simple concept, but high engagement on on the on the network. Also, I have my own podcast. Curiously, uh, I run a medium publication called Eight Pixels, and I have a weekly newsletter which goes out to around eight hundred people. So I've got my fingers in lots of different different pies, but all around sort of designer, writer, um, a guy who asks questions at events. That I'm that guy. Thank you, Lou. We've been actually looking for people like you to come and join our mission, spread knowledge. Yeah, I think that the way that design works and the way that design can spread through the industry is about giving your knowledge back to everybody else. And if you keep your ideas to yourself, you're only going to uh, harm the industry. The whole the whole premise about making pushing things forward is from people like us giving our knowledge to everybody who's listening. I think it's really important to write about it, to talk about it, to get your ideas out there because ultimately all this experience is really valuable, especially for people who are just starting out. Yeah. So, Louis, and today we'll discuss about design systems. Absolutely. I've been loosely working on one at my current job and I've been keeping tabs on the the industry and the landscape for quite a while, so hopefully I can offer some really good insight into how to get started and how to maintain your own. Thank you, Louis. What is design system and how does it work? That is a excellent open-ended question that could go many ways. Unfortunately, start by saying, you know, it depends. Typically, a design system is an internal one-stop shop for all things design, components, brand, copywriting, tone of voice, and it typically allows designers, marketers, engineers, salespeople to build out interfaces and brand voice consistently and rapidly and scale that going forward which is actually kind of the most important thing a successful design system should enable people to reflect the brand that's that's the key here and it gives you design choices across multiple platforms in a way that you can keep your brand brand direction and tone of voice at the forefront if you don't do that the design system is going to fail some companies build out extensive pattern or component libraries that are maintained by full-time teams some don't do that it's more sort of one person's thing or it's more of a part-time initiative because it's obviously a massive investment 
for a company to do that. So for a company to take a design system seriously, they really need to invest in that time and train people to get to the level where they're going to be confident to do it themselves and ultimately work on it full time. Thank you, Louis, for explaining us the design system. So how different is design system from the design library? Again, I think that one is a component of the other, and it really depends on the investment you're making in the long-term goals of your design system. A design library and a design system is probably one of the more common misconceptions about what a design system is. As I mentioned before, design system is something that is quite holistic, and it, it touches all departments in the business, and multiple people are involved in starting, creating, and maintaining it. Design library is typically something the design team, or maybe the engineering team, gets involved in, but typically the design team is owning and developing this thing. And that is just one part or element of what ultimately becomes the, the rounded design system. A design library or kit is something that allows the design team to scale up the design practice across an organization. Um, but ultimately, it's just this one part. And that's where you typically hear things like design libraries or UI kits, which are great. You can download many UI kits from the internet, but I would probably advise against doing it because obviously someone could design a UI kit that is only suitable for answering a particular question or a particular business problem. A system, therefore, is something that has more things that are involved in it. So it has a pattern library or a UI kit. It has components that are built and maintained by the tech team. It has guidelines for copywriting and tone of voice that might be written by either UX writers or copywriters or the marketing team. And it also has things like tone of voice and how you use source and maintain imagery and videos across the brand. In my opinion, there's really no limit to what we should include in our systems. It's ultimately up to the team and what they think is correct. But it should, as I keep, keep suggesting, it should really touch every department of the business. And we should try and get as many people involved in contributing to it and scaling it as possible. Because if we want it to be a success and we want to be proud of our work, it needs to be something that we're all buying into. Thanks, Louis. I wanted to add one point. Like, even uh, I have uh, got a chance to work on few of the design system for clients. The major thing, what I feel also is, design system should also add on the values that the company is holding. Exactly. Yeah. The in order for it to firstly get started, but then to to maintain growth and maintain trajectory, it needs to be backed by senior management um, and also your team members. So, if people are more comfortable uh, to have a sort of a scrappy approach to design, then I don't think you're going to have the growth opportunity for a design system. And that's where you need to really pitch. You need to bring it up to your team and your senior management to say, this is why we need to do it. And this is the value that I see going forward. It is a hard thing to convince people of because you can't see the immediate opportunities. But I promise you that in the long term, it's, it's going to give you some real, some real tangible benefits. Exactly. So said with that, if someone wants to begin building a design system, so what are your tips on doing that? I would firstly say, um, take, a, take a step back, take a deep breath. It's going, to be a, it's going to be a long journey, but you will get there. Trust me. Um, you exactly. just need to take it one step at a time. So firstly, I would say with an exclamation mark, start small. There's going to be no benefit from you trying to tackle everything at the start because you're going to get overwhelmed and you'll probably lose, you lose passion in the job. And ultimately, this, is, this should be something that is fun. It should be something that you can be proud of and it's something you can put on your CV, put on your portfolio, that's something you're working on. So start small. And for me, I would probably suggest starting off by documenting things like your color palettes or your typography systems. It's a really good way to get the ball rolling because it's something that you can see immediately and you can see, you can spot differences and you can see where things are or aren't working across your existing pattern UI kit, library, files, however you're structuring your designs. So colors and typography, really good way to start. 
on a practical level, this means that creating a new file in your tool, whether it's Sketch or Figma or Framer or Envision Studio or whatever you're doing, paper and pen, and then making a, a library file within that library file, that's where you're, you're going to be storing your design tokens. So a design token is essentially a micro element of a color or a typography uh, declaration, something like that. And from here and go through, so it depends on the size of the, uh, size of your product, really. I know some people are working on massive, uh, massive projects and massive uh, amount of files. So this could take quite a while. But once you've got your typography in your color system set up as libraries, you can go through all of your files and you can spot what you are using, where, they, where they're being used. Does it actually match the brand color palette or not? So you then you need to start documenting, making a note of everything that is inconsistent and also at the same time replacing colors with the library version um, and typography uh, declarations with the library version. So let's say you're looking at your form fields and you've seen a success and an error state for some of your fields and the green you're using in one place does not match the green that is defined in your library. Make a note of it. You need to get that through to your product managers and understand how you can fix this, essentially fix this bug and make a replacement with your design library version. Once you've taken over all of your design files, which as I said, could take quite a while, you'll be in a really good position because you've got the colors and the typography set up properly. Then you can scale it to anything new that's going forward. And also whilst you're doing this, you're gonna, you're gonna want to take on more, more responsibility with it. But I would say just, just take, take, a, take a breather, take a step back. And if you do spot any opportunities for optimizing any other elements, maybe you've noticed that your border radiuses or your border colors are inconsistent across the product. Just jot them down, make a note, store it in Confluence or Dropbox paper or wherever, however you store your product ideas and uh, features and come back to them later as part of a second stage to your design system development. So I think that what in my experience, I've always found that things like borders and drop shadows and radiuses and the sort of lighter elements, but as designers, the things we notice first, um, they're always the ones that get inconsistent. And they're always going to be the ones that we want to spend more time fixing. Um, but just come back to them as part of your second phase. And as, as you could probably imagine, the more, thing, the more files you look at, the more issues you're going to spot and the more opportunities you're going to want to tackle. So this is where you can probably anticipate that things are going to spiral out of control, but you need to have some discipline and say that these are, you need to be agile and think about how you can deliver these incremental wins over a long, over a long period because you become overwhelmed. And as I said, you might lose, lose engagement and lose interest in the project. If you, if you speak to your team, let them know that this is a really valuable idea and a really valuable project that you should be working on. It's going to be so much easier to work on because once you have everybody on board, they're going to be driving you, you're going to be driving each other, and it's going to be a project that everybody can ultimately chip into. You might start with some hesitation, um, but if you get reassurance from your team, you'll definitely want to drive this forward and get it finished. Thank you so much, Louis. That was quite insightful. Adding on to that point, uh, I would say version control is something that's really a big problem in maintaining design system. Most definitely. Yeah. It's, it's a problem for design generally because design files just aren't at the sophistication level as code or tech work. We obviously have tools like um, Abstract and I know that Figma has a history section to the product, but it's, the sophistication just isn't quite there compared to when you're building coded products. So there's opportunity for somebody to tackle this problem. But if you really are diligent with the way you're approaching this problem and have your documentation set up really well, you will be able to understand incremental changes to your design system and your product and also see opportunities for long-term growth. And as long as you're documenting it 
you should be okay. But there will be definitely there will definitely be problems. Just don't treat, don't get too um, hung up about it because you're going to make mistakes, and that's that's completely fine. <laughs> that's true. So now there's a lot of talk going about our centralized and decentralized systems. So what is your thoughts on that? This is traditionally a engineering problem. Um, what is the difference between a centralized and a decentralized system? But with regards to design systems, I'll, I'll keep it sort of short and brief. And put simply, a centralized system is where the majority of work is created or managed by one central person or team. And you, whereas a distributed system is where you have multiple sub-teams or multiple people contributing to the team. Now, both of them have their benefits and negatives, as you can probably imagine, and it depends on the organization. So if your team is really rapidly moving forward on a project on individual basis or as micro teams or squads or however you describe it, it might make sense to have a more centralized version. But if you're a remote team or if you have lots of designers across the globe, a decentralized version might actually be better for you. And this really will, the decision really will either be made by budget or constraints or availability. But if you have lots of people in different teams that are willing to work on it, definitely get everybody involved because it will allow the entire, the entire team to feel like they're encouraged to work on something together and it will just build morale as a, as a central unit. Thank you, Louis. What are the some best practices that you will suggest maintaining design systems? So design systems obviously is not the oldest discipline and people are learning new, new ideas and new ways of working all the time. Um, in my experience, this doesn't just go for design systems, but design work in general. Reviewing your work regularly is really important. If you, if you put yourself in a silo for weeks on end and then you come back and say, here's the thing, there's ultimately going to be disappointment or you're going to have missed a problem or something's going to be incorrect. So reviewing your work with your team really often is going to help everybody grow and understand what problem you're trying to solve. Now, there's obviously loads of methods that you could do this. I really like zipping up screenshots and posting in our Slack channel because it gives you such really quick micro feedback that you can take away immediately. It's inexpensive because meetings are expensive into a room about something specific. Whereas a Slack, Slack review, really quick, really easy, gets you immediate feedback and you can go and work straight away. Second thing is the design system's purpose really is to enable everybody in the team to work more efficiently in the long term. So it's really important that everybody is on board with what you're working on. So that requires buy-in and an acceptance that this is definitely a project that we want to push. And that might be quite hard, which means that you might need to turn into a salesperson for the first few weeks of your design system and convince people that this is definitely the, the right thing to be doing. But ultimately, the more transparent you are with your team about what you see the benefits of this going forward, the easier it is going to be able to sell this to designers, product managers, engineers, head of head departments, because we will be able to elicit the, the correct feedback that this is definitely going to make things easier to scale more efficiently in the long term. And that's, that's kind of the benefit that you want to be consistently selling to everybody. As I mentioned earlier about the feedback, it's so important to ask people if they have any feedback on an ongoing basis, but also if they have any ideas or feedback on the design system plan. At the start, I mentioned that it's really useful to start with colors, typography, and then scale things up. Other people might have different ideas about what they think we should be prioritizing. Maybe they think that our alert messages should be the first thing we do. And that's up to a discussion that you can have with the team and then work out what the best plan is for that going forward. The point of the design system is for everybody. And having that discussion regularly and 
confidently is going to allow everybody to feel like they're engaged with it. And as I touched on earlier, you know, there's very easy for designers to want to sprint towards the goal. And we need to understand that this is a slow process and it will take time. So taking it one step at a time, ensuring you have a really robust plan and making sure that you stick to that plan because the more you diverge, the more looser the, uh, the project is going to get and it'll, be, it'll become to it'll start to feel like it's coming in a bit of a drag. And we obviously don't want that. It's definitely a marathon, not a sprint. So don't feel like you need to achieve loads of work in a really short space of time. A lot of the time you'll actually spend a lot of your efforts thinking and writing and documenting because it's, it's a really complex thing to start to start and to see in the long term. And sort of leading on to the final point is don't be afraid to throw work away. It's, this is an experiment. And although you definitely had these long-term ambitions of it being this beautiful mega design system that has everything everybody needs, in the first instance, you might end up going down the wrong path for quite a while and having to re, re, um, refactor a lot of your work, which is completely fine. As designers, we shouldn't really be afraid of that. Design systems are a really good opportunity to experiment test ideas out and see what see where you can take these things you're not going to nail it at the first go so don't be don't be afraid of that it is an opportunity to to test yourself and this is ultimately where the feedback from the team can help you shape your design system and sort of the last and most important tip is good luck this is really fun you should in, you should be enjoying what you're doing it's a great opportunity to work on something brand new that isn't product work or web work it's a it's something that's the the industry is really moving towards because they, they can spot the opportunities. As, I'm, as I keep mentioning, it's a great way for multiple teams to feel, feel engaged and, and ultimately to allow design as a practice be more efficient, more scalable, and to, to re- remove the amount of mistakes that unfortunately happen in product work. Thank you so much, Louis, for breaking down the old design system and explaining us in so detail. No worries. I, I really, really enjoyed that. It's um, it's. It's strange that I've never spoken about them as, as a thing. I've sort of been involved loosely within, within the practice, but it's good to, to have that coming out in, in a way that I feel gives people some really good advice on how to tackle it firstly, because it can seem so overwhelming. And a lot of people I think will be quite scared to dive in, but just dive in. Honestly, you'll have a lot of fun. It'll be great. Thank you, Louis. So on a concluding note, if you want to suggest our readers some reads, Absolutely. This isn't necessarily related to design systems, but um, Elliot Dahl's intro to the eight-point grid system, just an amazing introduction to the atomic mindset. And it starts with the fundamental eight-point units, which most design systems now are based off. And it will allow you to get an insight into how to start and scale your padding and margins across a product. It's essentially become my Bible as I started these things. The second thing is the IBM's carbon design system, easily the best holistic design system I've seen. And their design kits are available to download, which is really useful. Um, Thirdly, the uh, UX Pins Adele is a compendium of design systems. It's got loads from loads of different companies around the world. And you can sort of scroll through this thing all day long. I have written a three-part blog series about migrating from Sketch to Figma, which I think is really useful to see how how I approach this problem by breaking things down into incremental wins, um, which I will obviously share with you. There's um, a tool called gridlover.net, which gives you an excellent introduction to how to build typography libraries. I I would definitely recommend it to anybody who is unsure about how to build a typography system. It's a really useful system to give you um, pixels, rems, ems, which are useful for both you and developers. And then finally, the um, Brad Frost's atomic design is essentially the basis of this entire practice. He really kicked it off a few years ago and people have taken his, his work as um, sort of gospel. So they're, they're my sort of five 
five tips for going and reading things. Thank you so much, Louis. That was quite insightful. And I'll mention all these links in the show notes as well, listeners. So you can go and check out from there. I'll also drop Louis' 8PX magazine and Louis' podcast. We have some really great, wonderful insights out there on this podcast. Thank you, Louis, for being our guest and helping spread knowledge. Thank you so much. That was, um, that was a lot of fun. And uh, I hope that these insights are going to encourage more people to jump into design systems. You'll have a lot of fun. Trust me. 